Welcome into Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast presented by seccountry.com. My name's Josh Ward. I'm excited to be with you today with a lot to cover. We're going to talk about what's being said about Tennessee's football team and trying to project this upcoming year. As yesterday's show, we talked about the quarterback battle. We've talked about a number of different positions and how there's so much to try to figure out for Tennessee's football team. And I think still so much to sort out coming up in August. So we're going to get to that coming up in just a moment. Athlon Sports, where it puts Tennessee's football team among all teams in the country, along with Jeremy Pruitt, what they're saying about Tennessee's first-year head coach. Braden Gall of Athlon Sports is going to weigh in on that. And then the second half of today's show, more on John Ward. As we've done our best to try to pay tribute over the last week to him, with John Ward passing away last Wednesday, coming up later today at Thompson Bowling Arena, Tennessee is going to have a tribute ceremony. 6.05 is when that's going to begin at Thompson Bowling Arena. It'll be streamed live at utsports.com. The radio in Knoxville, WNML, will carry it. If you're in the area and you're driving around this evening, it'll be broadcast live. I'll bet TV will pick it up as well. It's going to be a big deal. So later today, hear from Burt Bertelkamp, now on the broadcast team for Tennessee basketball. What he had to say about growing up listening to John Ward and then playing while John Ward was broadcasting his games and now being a part of the Vault Network in a position where John Ward was. That and David Cutcliffe telling a story about when David Cutcliffe returned to Tennessee in the mid-2000s, John Ward helping him out and what Tennessee meant to John Ward. All of that right here on Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast, which is presented by seccountry.com. We have just a few days to go here on the podcast presented by SEC Country. I once again appreciate all the messages, the uh, comments on the show, the questions about, hey, could something happen? I don't have anything to report right now with the podcast, but maybe still working on some things. But we're here for the rest of the week talking about what's going on with Tennessee, and I'm going to get to that here on the show. Athlon Sports ranked Tennessee number 56 in the country among all college football teams, one spot behind Kentucky. Now, Tennessee against Kentucky this season, I think the Vols have a good chance to beat out the Wildcats. We'll see. Kentucky had a better season last year than Tennessee, and Kentucky won head-to-head in Lexington. It was also an all-time down season for Tennessee, and the Vols should surely bounce back. But Tennessee, they're in the middle of the pack nationally with all teams. I think Tennessee is better than that as a team. Now, let's see how the season plays out. The schedule's really difficult. West Virginia, Auburn to go along with Alabama from the Western Division. Georgia's as good as it is right now. South Carolina's on the road. It's a really challenging schedule. So Tennessee could be better than the 56th best team in the country, but still have a record that puts it in that kind of position. What about where Jeremy Pruitt is ranked among all coaches? Athlon Sports has Jeremy Pruitt ranked number 94 in the country, and they had him ranked 13th in the SEC. I think the biggest thing there is let's see what Tennessee is, let's see what Jeremy Pruitt is as a coach because this is his first time being a head coach really anywhere. He wasn't a head coach at the high school level. So this is, I think, a message of prove what you're worth. If you have a really good season, we will move you way up in the coaching rankings considering Jeremy Pruitt is at Tennessee and it's a program where you should be able to have success. But right now his record is 0-0 and there's still a lot for us to figure out And with Tennessee this upcoming season, let's see what the Vols can prove. As I mentioned, the schedule is going to be really tough. That's why I think getting to a bowl game in year one would be a nice accomplishment. That would be a nice first step for Jeremy Pruitt. If Tennessee goes 6-6, I bet next year you see Jeremy Pruitt 
much higher in the national rankings or the SEC coaching rankings than where you do right now. And that's what we asked Braden Gall on WNML about. Braden's with Athlon Sports. If Tennessee can get to six wins, is that a nice goal? Is that a nice accomplishment if the Vols do that this year? That's the question, and it's sort of like, do we believe? I think you have to, if Jeremy Pruitt is the the, the second coming of Philip Fulmer and Philip Fulmer did the right job by hiring the right guy, then I don't think six wins is very far-fetched. I think, you know, is, is Missouri significantly more talented than Tennessee? Probably not, but they've got the quarterback. Is South Carolina, this is what we, you know, we talked about this last week, I think it was, or maybe two weeks ago, hey, what is Tennessee's roster? And I think if you're Jeremy Pruitt and you're this great, brilliant defensive coordinator, then you're going to get more out of your talent than, than what your roster looks like. So to me, that's, you've got a bunch of winnable games, Vanderbilt, Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky, in, you know, four just in the division right there, that you're probably not more than a four or five point favorite or underdog one way or the other. So those are sort of all toss up. You've got to find some, you've got to find three wins in those games. And if you can go, if you can find three wins in those games, maybe you pull an upset somewhere else. It seems unlikely that Florida, Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, you're going to win. Um, West Virginia is a, a relatively strong favorite, so you're going to have to probably pull an upset somewhere else, and and go maybe three and one against the underbelly of the East. And, and some of those teams aren't underbelly. Some of those teams could be seven or eight or nine win teams. Not in South Carolina won nine games last year, so um, they're going to have to pull a couple of upsets and. I think, you know, I think five and seven is probably what I would predict. I think Vegas has the odds at about five, maybe five and a half. Uh, but I think a bowl game is very, very possible. So it's just they're going to have to win games that the, maybe the coaching staff is responsible for. We, we got more out of our players against Missouri's because we won the game because we know they have the better quarterback. We got more out of our players because we beat Vanderbilt because we know they have. I mean, everybody else has a guy, quarterback, right? I mean, you've got – established quarterbacks all over the East with the exception of Kentucky. I think Kentucky is when you have to win. Um, so you've got to win a couple other games somewhere. Brayton Gall of Athlon Sports. And on the schedule, there are a bunch of winnable games. There are also a bunch of games that Tennessee could lose. That's why I think this season is so intriguing. And everything's going to probably even out down to where Tennessee's somewhere in that five to seven win range. That's probably where it ends up. I don't think Tennessee's a four and eight team like it was last year. Tennessee shouldn't have gone four and eight last season. That that was a perfect storm of everything leading to the worst record in Tennessee history. Also, Tennessee trying to win eight or more games, a lot would have to go right. So if a number of things go well for Tennessee, Tennessee could be a seven win team. If Tennessee loses those toss up games, well, it could be in that five to six win range. We'll see. But West Virginia, really tough game. Alabama's the one where nobody's going to count on Tennessee to win that one. Same with Auburn on the road. Auburn's probably going to be a preseason top 10 team, and nobody's going to pick Tennessee against Georgia. But the rest are winnable for Tennessee. Some Tennessee should win. Like Tennessee should beat ETSU, UTEP, and Charlotte for sure. And then let's see what happens against Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Missouri in November. Let's see what happens against Florida. I've said before, and I'll be saying a bunch between now and September, that Florida game is big. It's big for both teams, Florida and Tennessee. But like Braden said, can you win a game or two here where people might count you out? Can Tennessee's coaching staff get this team ready? There's a lot to do between now and September, but that's part of what makes this conversation fun around Tennessee. You are listening to Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast presented by SECCountry.com. So I want to turn the attention and the conversation to John Ward. 
Later today at Thompson Bowling Arena, Tennessee is going to pay tribute to the legendary broadcaster who was so great as both a football and basketball commentator, and he made such an impact on so many Tennessee fans' lives. But John Ward was also recognized by fans of other schools, by people who just followed college football or college athletics, because that includes basketball as well, and he influenced other broadcasters. I thought about this as I saw Mark Whiteman from WATE in Knoxville share a call from the Tennessee-Georgia Tech game last year. This is a long touchdown on a catch-and-run by Mark West Calloway, but it's Reese Davis on the call. Calloway, who has a touchdown catch on the last drive, may have another one. Calloway, five, four, three, two, one, give him six. So Reese Davis there on ESPN paying tribute to John Ward. And I would say there are a ton of broadcasters who are either connected to Tennessee or just saw Tennessee or heard Tennessee in the past that so fondly remember John Ward that they took something from him in how he went about doing his job. And I think that's part of the impact made by John Ward as well. And he certainly influenced Burt Bertelkamp, who's now a part of the Vol Network team calling Tennessee basketball games. And like John Ward, Burt Bertelkamp has a great passion for Tennessee. But Burt's story is also unique in that you know, his father played at Tennessee. Burt grew up listening to John Ward. Then he played at Tennessee while John Ward was broadcasting Tennessee games. And now Burt's a part of the Vol Network. Had a chance to talk to him last Thursday after we'd found out that John Ward had passed away on WNML. And Burt talked about the influence that John Ward had on Tennessee and on Burt Bertelkamp. I can remember growing up here in Knoxville listening to, to, to Mr. Ward call the games. And I listened to him late at night, whenever it was. I, I sometimes wasn't supposed to be listening, and I'd be listening. It'd be past my bedtime, and I'd be listening. And he just told the story, made you feel like you were you were at the game, sitting on the front row. And he had such an unbelievable voice, and he just had such a great way of telling the story of the game. And he had such a great voice, and he he in the way he um, the way he presented the game. Like I say, it gave me goosebumps, and it, it, you know, I remember hearing him say, "King of the Volunteers, Grunfeld of the Volunteers, and, and great players, Billy Justice, and guys like that." And he made you feel like you were at the game, and you're riding down the road in your car, or you're sitting at home in your bedroom, and you're listening to him. And uh, and I think he made people feel Tennessee people feel like, you know, he brought them into the tele to the broadcast, and. Uh, you felt like you were there. You felt like you were part of the action. And that's what that's what brought me to it. And, of course, I have a pretty unique perspective because I grew up listening to him, and then I played, and he, he was certainly the, the voice of the balls during my playing days, which was cool. And, he you know, he, tra- he went on all the road trips, and he was always just a professional all the way. There was not a lot of interaction back in those days between players and radio and broadcasters, but we had some. There weren't as many interviews and, and the things that we do now. But um, but he was always fair. Uh, he was always um, – he had just had a charisma about him, but he, he, he always presented Tennessee in the best light, but he also was fair and told, told the truth, what's going on. I don't consider myself a broadcaster. I'm a – you know, I'm an ex-player that's – got a hobby that's fun and I like doing it but Kessling's the professional in our group just being able to be a part of the of the Vol network and following in, in the footsteps that he laid and the foundation that Mr. Ward laid 
certainly been an honor for me. What has that meant to you to to grow up listening to John Ward to play while he's calling your games and then now be in that position that you are with the Vol Network in a spot where uh, John Ward played such, obviously, a, a vital role? Well, it, it's certainly meaningful, and I would never put myself in the same league or any, any, even on the same the same uh, piece of paper as him as far as being a broadcaster, but but it has it is a special thing to be able to play for a school, follow a school, attend a school, play for a school, and then be able to be involved with the broadcast. And so, you know, with him being the leader and the and the the, the foundation of the Vol Network, it, it's certainly special and, and very meaningful. He when he retired, though, he he truly retired. And most legendary people that like him that retire sometimes they hang around and. But he really didn't do that, at least as far as as far as I was concerned. And I'm not as involved with the Ball Network as behind the scenes. But and I know he stayed close with with Steve Early and Glenn Thaxton and certainly Bob Bob. But um, he didn't interject himself and say, you know, you're doing this wrong or you're doing. I mean, he was all, he was always supportive and positive. I mean, he was. I've had people calling me all day long about about his passing, and it's it's pretty sad. Uh, but he certainly was a legend, and I mean his name's on the up in, uh, up in the roof at, at Thompson Bowling for a reason, and rightfully so. That's Burt Bertelkamp talking about John Ward, and I wanted to bring you this story that David Cutcliffe told. Now the head coach at Duke, formerly the offensive coordinator at Tennessee, this story he told to Eric Ainge on his show on WNML, and it goes back to when David Cutcliffe returned to start the 2006 season. He was there in 06 and 07. He returned to join Philip Fulmer's staff. And he had called up John Ward. Listen to the story from David Cutcliffe. When I went back to Tennessee but started coaching the, the 06, 07 seasons, and one of the things that, that I noticed was I'm not sure that all of you all, who, you were pretty uh, diverse from where you were from. You, you'd have had the bad 2005 season, the team, not you, the team. Well, I'm I mean, not I was sure that that anybody understood Tennessee football on that offense as they should. So my thought was this. My thought went straight to John Ward. He was, at the time, retired. I called him. I said, I need you to do me a favor. Um, I want, I'm want. i going to have these dog tags made. You remember the dog tag? I still have Oh, yeah. It's a checkerboard end zone, and it had touchdown Tennessee. So I had John come in and voice over plays that you guys had had done. And, um, you know, with that same energy, Eric Ainge back to throw, he, you know, that kind of thing. And then he, of course, ended the call with give him six touchdown Tennessee. And so I made a tape of, of, of the play for you guys. We're sitting in the room. And then I had Kenny Chesney's song, Touchdown Tennessee, playing kind of in the background of all of this. And when it went off, I had John Ward walk in the offensive team room from the side. I let him speak to you guys about the history of Tennessee offense. Um, at that point, we broke out the um, the dog tags, and I gave John Ward one, and he had a tear come to his eye. Touchdown, Tennessee. What it told me about John Ward was that there was a definitive pride in his work 
is it didn't matter what anyone else really thought. Um, he took pride in his job, his work. And um, I thought that with, with you all and that team, I thought that resonated, and I thought we became an offensive football team at that point. And John Ward played a big role in that. That story from David Cutcliffe, one tells you how much he knew John Ward meant to Tennessee, but it also tells you something about what Tennessee meant to John Ward. John Ward loved Tennessee, and Tennessee fans, players, coaches, people who worked at UT, people who worked at the Vol Network, they sure loved John Ward as well. There are going to be great stories, great tributes paid to John Ward at the ceremony. So if you get a chance, I highly recommend you check it out, whether you're able to be there or listen or go back and listen or stream, whatever the case might be. There'll be some good stories about the broadcaster, the person, the humor that John Ward had as well. It'll be a tough night for a lot of people, but also a memorable one coming up later today. Thank you for being here on today's show. That's going to do it for Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast presented by SEC Country. My name's Josh Ward. I'm on Twitter if you want to follow, if you want to check in, ask any questions about Tennessee. I'm on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. Thank you again for hanging out, and I'll see you tomorrow.